0: This is the Daily Coaching Podcast bringing you thoughts, discussions, and expert insight into all things football and coaching. Big
1: life changes happen after transitioning to secondary school. I think the most important lesson you can teach your child is self belief.
0: In today's episode, I get to know International Confidence Coach for Kids, a number one selling author with raw confidence. Dale Hancock. Now Dale is best known for supporting kids from all over the world on a journey to become more confident. In being an ex-teacher, Dale has had hands-on experience in seeing the barriers and challenges that kids face when it comes to confidence. We talk on the journey to coaching children, the background, experiences, skills and qualifications needed, and methods, strategies, and different environments that enhance confidence in children. This episode is informative and actionable from one of the leading specialists in this space. So therefore, let's get into it. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Daily Coaching Podcast, where we talk to players, coaches, and specialists within the world of football and coaching. I'm absolutely delighted today to be joined by a very special guest. I have another very exciting episode, and personally, I can take a lot of information away from this on myself as well as the listeners. Um, I'm looking to introduce somebody today who is an international speaker, is a coach for coaching kids with confidence, is a number one best-selling author as well with Raw Confidence. I'm delighted to announce my very special guest. Dale Vincent Hancock. How are you doing, sir?
1: Yes, I'm good, thank you, mate. How are you?
0: I'm very well, thank you. Honestly, really excited for today's one because like I said, I'm gonna be taking away lots of information from this and trying to implement it into my own world as well. So uh, really excited to delve into your story and also try and get some golden nuggets out of you. Um, But Dale, before we kind of start all that, for the listeners who don't know you, just kind of explain who you are and what it is that you actually do. Well, you've done
1: a pretty good job already. (laughs) Really, I, just, I kind of want you to follow me around in the street and just introduce me to people.
0: Have been, have been, actually. <laughs> I
1: don't know what your going rate is, but that I'm, I'm willing. So, yeah, hey, everybody. My name is Dale Vincent Hancock, and I am the international confidence coach for kids. I like to, to use confidence as a tool against anxiety and depression or stress or whatever the, the fight may be later on in life to, to help them get through that moment because these moments are going to happen. I say, I say to parents, I say, your boy, let's say, for example, I'm talking to a parent with a son. So your boy, he's got a fight coming. I mean, I know he's only 10 years old, but there's a fight coming. There's a fight, fight coming. And we don't know what's it's going to be. It might be when he's 25. It could be when he's 30 or 50, but there is a fight coming. With an MMA fighter. And, you know, let's say that day happened. And that fight came fight day. They were in the oct- octagon. Who's going to win? Well, probably the MMA fighter because he's been through all the training. So obviously, but okay, that's cool. So what if, what if now we we trained him? What if we we helped him skip, made him understand boxing, the techniques, gave him the stamina. He went on runs. He understood nutrition. He was hanging out with the right people. He was understanding mindset. He was watching the correct YouTube videos It's going to help him grow and thrive with his mindset and and keep teaching the technique and, and tactics in boxing. Um, he went to the gym and lifting weights, and he was grappling, and he was understanding. He was following role models, and he was getting somewhere, and he was just like loving it. And every every single week, he was training. That fight with that MMA fighter, of which we don't know when it's going to be, came. He's in the octagon. Now who's going to win? My son. Yes, your son is going to win because he's got all the tools and the tactics to fight this MMA fighter. But in real life, David, MMA fighter isn't called MMA fighter. It's called anxiety, stress, depression, overwhelm, infidelity, job loss, death in the family, a dog dying, you know, Um girlfriend boyfriend cheating on on them um loss of money loss of house homeless we don't know what it's going to be we don't know what shape this is going to be in but if we can give your son the tools to cope and get through and grow through that moment quicker than expected then wouldn't that be frankly phenomenal if he could and and, and the reason why I, i do this mate is because when I went through my tough time, I, I was, I was, I I would say that I was being bullied throughout the entirety of my life. And I turned into the bully, which um, I don't really like admitting. I'm okay saying, yeah, I was bullied. Poor me, boo-hoo, give me a tissue, victim mode. But I rarely like saying, oh, yeah, I was a bully. Who likes saying that? Oh, I was a bully at school. <laughs> Who likes doing that unless you're a narcissist? Um, and I, I do feel very vulnerable say, saying that right now but I, the only reason why I I share that is because I thought it might be a good idea to be a bully so if I threw the first punch then they wouldn't punch me if I threw the first verb they wouldn't throw it back at me if I was aggressive first they wouldn't be aggressive to me and it, it just isolated me it just made, get, got me all lonely so um, throughout the entirety of my life this was this was the case and I kind of simmered that down a little bit and then I got bullied in my career I was a teacher for twelve years, and the deputy head was bullying me. And then I was a—I went into a few relationships. Not all of them. Some of the girls were fantastic, but some weren't so much. And I was kind of like manipulated and bullied in 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 my relationships. And it was only until a certain collection of things happened in my life, which kind of gave me the the understanding and the value. Of life and of change it's very very strange very profound so over the course of six months I and this is in the book so I'll have to ping, ping one over to you mate over the course of six months uh, I I lost my job and uh, there was a staffing restructure two weeks later I had a car crash uh, I think three weeks after that I found out that my girlfriend of five years was sleeping with the men Uh, throughout the entirety of our relationship even when we went traveling together she snuck out of my tent to be with somebody else then came back into mine that was not very nice that that stung a little bit ego shattered um and I allowed it I just I I didn't know I found out at the end of the relationship I allowed it to happen and then a month later my mum had a heart attack um and I know you want to punch me right now but I got back with the ex because I was scared and brittle and weak and like wanting that external validation um basically being a mug that's that's what it was I was being I was allowing it to happen and I feel like I can say that about myself now from a safe space and over Christmas she found pregnant with somebody else's baby which again stung a lot and guess who forgave her again this guy and (laughs) found somebody else in my house it was just relentless buddy just absolutely relentless um, and I was very, very low. And, and I was, it came to a point where I thought, right, oh, I can't do this anymore. You have to go. And I had to find £15,000 from somewhere. My mum and dad helped out a lot. Um, a few friends helped out too. And I was, you know, 15K in debt. And I had to get out of the house. And all these things were just kind of like life I was just going, no, you can have that bit of crap. You can have a bit of that, Dale. Have a bit of this. And it was just like, it's too heavy. I can't take it. So heavy, I just, I was just down, depressed. I was just locked in in a void of, nothingness I didn't really want anybody to speak to me I love going to the gym mate loved it but I didn't want to go because what's the point David what's the point what's the point of going to the gym and really strangely so I say strange because I never researched this before about personal development but a video of Tony Robbins popped up on my YouTube as an advert and I just thought mm, and I overheard him speaking and I felt like he was literally just talking straight to me. And I thought, gee, you need you. big Tony. You're telling me I don't have to wallow in self-pity anymore. Fantastic. Let's let's break out of this bad boy. Um, and the first thing I did was just go to the gym because that's my safe space. I just went to the gym and that was all I understood. Met a guy who specialised in neurolinguistic programming. I'm not sure if you've heard of that NLP. Amazing. And he was the way he was speaking was very profound. And I thought, yeah, I like a lot of this. So I, was, I wanted to hang out with him a bit more. I said, Do you mind if I train with you, dude? Is that okay? Just so I can not to train with him, to lift weight, just to hear him speak to me. And um, he recommended his coach to me. And I got coaching, it was amazing, it was so cool. I went on a NLP course. And I was growing and I was growing and I was growing. And it was amazing because it's almost as if he shone a, a light in the area of my brain I never knew existed. It was like a dark, shadowy place full of spider webs and cobwebs and broken furniture. And then he shone the light there, and I fixed it all up and made it all clean and crisp and nice and lovely. And I was on my way. It was brilliant. I was on my way. And then I thought, there's something else I really want to do, something I really want to do, and it was to go on a TV game show. And you've probably read this already. <laughs> um, and it was called Ninja Warrior. I applied twice, didn't get on. I was a bit gutted. I kept on, kept on applying. And they said, no, we love your itv messaged me so we love your video would you mind applying for this show instead and it was called cannonball i was like absolutely where where is it where is it set so it's set in malta at oh, 100 i'm there now i'm packing my bags and i said we need to go for the interview phases first so i'll go through the interview first. absolutely smashed it got on the plane and i was on the plane all alone and it was it was so nice and i remember thinking because my coach said always have the big things and daily things have three intentions the first intention was to have a ridiculous amount of fun. The second intention was to meet new people and speak to a girl because girls, David, freaked me out. I, I, the only one that was the best one in the world and the purest one was my mom. Um, and to win. And speaking to my mom, my mom always said to me that I don't, I don't care if you lose as long as you go in there and aim to win. You go in there and you aim to win. Not just in this game show, but for sport when I was a kid. Like going, you aim, you 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 want to win. You go in and win. You just if you fail, if you come last, I don't care. As long as you aim to do it. So I had that mindset and it propelled me into like a really crazy self-belief mode of like, I'm gonna win. I know I know I'm gonna win. I know I'm gonna win this show. And I got off the plane got on the bus to the to the on the way to the hotel and I got my I thought you know what no one knows me here I'm going to fake confidence so I got my GoPro out and I just had it just here. I'm gonna fake confidence. Turned it on. Hey everybody, how's it going? In front of 50 people in this bus, I've got my selfie mode on, looking at myself, speaking to people. They're all smiling. They were jeering, They were laughing. It's like who's gonna win? Oh, but you're not gonna win. Look at you. Come on, look at this. It's good. And I was just playing, just being a bit of a clown, just messing around from a nice place, just just joking around. Um, and then we were talking about exercise, and said, "Who wants exercise on the beach?" And then some some girl put her hand up. She said, "Oh, I'll do it with you." And I was like, "Wow." There, this is your opportunity you've just spoken to a girl that's all i want you to do it's like, okay cool my inner coach was like sit down and speak to her turn your goddamn pro off so like, okay off and i sat down and speaking to her and we were speaking non-stop for the whole journey from the airport to the hotel and um, she did crossfit she was she had a lot of cool values um she was friendly she was kind um she was ambitious she had a good job it was it was it was really very very strange and we got to the hotel and we all had a lot of fun getting to know each other and stuff. And randomly uh, started kind of beginning some form of a mild relationship with this girl. And I was just blown away. And I thought, oh, it's just a holiday romance. I mean, she's absolutely stunning. Um, and I made sure I went to the gym a lot before then because I'm going to be on TV, bro, and my top's off because it's a water based game show. I'm going to be doing sit ups for days. <laughs> Um, I've got to try and make sure that like Zach Efron and, and that lifeguard thing, <laughs> Baywatch uh, didn't, but I was, you know, not, not too far off. And, um, yeah, and it was very, it was, it was very strange. And, and the, the producers asked me, they said, Dale, who's going to win the show? And I went, well, I am, I'm definitely going to win. And I'm a bit arrogant. So it's not because I haven't put anyone else down. I haven't said, you're rubbish. You're a loser. You're going to lose you're crap. I've actually said, I'm going to win for me and I'm going to go in there and I'm going to win. And there was, I'd have to send you the videos, buddy, but there's, it was like these giant three story high slides. You slide down, and you jump up, and you zoop in the air, and you've got to get as far as you can. You've got to put a bubble ball thing on your head. And there was one way you had to go as high as you can. There's one you had to skim across the water. And you had to win one of those to go to the final. And it's a bit of a long story, but to cut a long story short, I won the skimmer one. So I won that one. And I got through a place in the final. I was just like, oh my gosh, there's only three of us. This is This is amazing. Cool. Um, but that amazement just was fleeting. It was like, well, because I knew that was what I was going to do. That I knew that was going to happen. It it sounds every single time I tell this story, it does sound either arrogant or it just sounds bizarre, like I'm making it up and it doesn't sound true. It's false, but I just it was normal. And I did the show, and it was brilliant. I was there with Fre- Freddie Flintoff and Maya Jammer and Frankie from the Saturdays, who I just really fancied the pants off, by the way, when I was a kid um she was she was amazing so to meet her was was great and this the last activity the final was to have a giant rope swing off land in the middle of this ocean in these certain rings that were ring lights and got to land in the middle like I was basically a giant dart and I the first swing failed came last out out of three brilliant nice one down because I was being cocky and I knew that I was being cocky so who's gonna I'm gonna win this I visualized it in my mind I'm gonna win this and I didn't, and I failed, and I was like, whoa, let's tone it down a little bit, Dale. And I just chilled out, and the second swing, I was just like, okay, let's go for it. You know what you, you know how you messed up last time, learn from the fail, and let's go for it. Smack down right in the middle. So I'm now second out of three. And the final swing, the ring, like, balls I was moving from side to side, so it was perfect timing, I had to land it. And I swung off and went bang, straight in the middle. And I just, it was just so bizarre, and I, I won the entire show, so... It's it's really strange when, um, when I um, when I had those intentions and met all of them. It was it was absolutely amazing. I, you know, you could say I got the girl and I I won the whole show and I got the trophy. I didn't get any money though. I didn't get ten grand, which I was gutted about. I should apply for a BBC show. Other channels are available, um, so I'll know that for next time. And yeah, it was it was fantastic. I did that, and on the plane journey back to to, to England, I was sitting there and I thought. I wasn't fake confidence. I wasn't faking that confidence at all. That was the real me showing up at last, you know, all those years later. So imagine if I could teach and show kids, boys and girls and anybody in between, imagine if I could show those people that at that early age, what could they achieve in their future? And who can they become when they get out of their own way and have that absolute unstoppability factor in their brain? Long, that was a long, long statement, wasn't it, mate? Sorry about that. You carry on.
0: <laughs> Incredible to hear that. And obviously, number one, listen, thank you so much for being so vulnerable within that as well. But um, number two, I think, you know, you are somebody who we all needed when we were younger, You know, some of those things which you're mentioning about, you know, helping uh, children to understand the types of situations which they will be exposed to um, throughout their life, whether it's now, soon, or further in the future, there will be situations in which they come across and they will need help and guidance from people like yourself who are able to divert them away from those situations um, either altogether or if they come into contact with those situations, divert them into the positive path. And what I find really incredible about what you were saying there is the whole fact which um, I'm very big on failure and I see failure as not a negative word. I see it as a neutral word. I don't see it necessarily as a positive, but I see it as a neutral word. And the reason why I'm so big on failure is because I believe that in life, you need to experience failure. You need to experience disappointment. And in doing that, that will help you to become a better problem solver and a better decision maker within situations and scenarios in which you'll come across in later life. And it seems as though, you know, listen starting out in life we wish we could never be exposed to especially some of the situations in which you've experienced but number one I mean you know it's a bad way to say it I was laughing pretty much through the whole of your speech there not because of the situation but because of how positive and the energy in which you bring which shows me that actually would you kind of agree that in a way having faced those experiences number one definitely made the person who you are today but also has allowed you to almost in a bizarre way, gain confidence in life and in you. Dude, dude, dude,
1: without those experiences, I wouldn't be having this conversation with you. I wouldn't have spoken in Parliament last year. I wouldn't have wrote a a, a number one best selling book. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't receive messages of parents saying, Dale, I can honestly say you've saved my son's life. I am so thankful. That that, that experience that I went through, what I'm blessed and lucky that I went through, that I'm so thankful that, that that, girl and those situations occurred to me happened to me um because i needed that to 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 be who i am today it's like you and i know you, i know that you've heard this you know that you are that you only get the brightest rainbows after the biggest storms don't you and you can, you can only forge the sharpest swords in the hottest fire and you know the um the, the best sailors not made on calm seas are they and, and you know playing always needs a headwind to take off? You, you, we need these struggles. And I'm so happy that you mentioned that failure is neutral because it is. It's I, I I laugh at it. Fail forward, fail fast, fail fun. That's what I get the kids to do. If they hurt them, hurt themselves, well not hurt themselves, but if they fall over. And if they hurt themselves, laugh about it. We just made it instead of sitting there being all embarrassed and being all self-conscious, because guess what? Boom, now you're a target. And people are going to see your little weakness and when you own it and you get up and laugh and giggle about it, it just switches all that off. because essentially every single person on this planet is a mistake maker. (laughs) Every single one I am, I made. oh my gosh, I made a mistake today. I was supposed to be in a school. I was having lunch with the kids and the the vice principal. Um, I was, I wanted to get there at one o'clock. I got there at 10 past one. The lunch was at 10 past one. So I was very, I made it just in the nick of time, but that was a mistake. I failed because I I should have booked a client 10 minutes before, as in like 10 minutes sooner rather than than later. So we all want to make those mistakes. Now I would love to think that I would give myself at least a 15-minute gap between travel times. It's like, come on, Dale, wakey-wakey. Let's sort it out. Um, But, yeah, dude, I'm so lucky that those experiences – at the time, it was the worst time of my life. But looking back, it was the best
0: time of my life. Yeah. And, and again, you see, this is the thing through experiencing that and through experiencing what you're experiencing now and who you are and what you what impact you have on people, it allows you to look back on. them. And that's why I say, saying I think, you know, you're the sort of person that everybody needs as a child, um, because Ultimately, we don't see those things. And ultimately, as well, the whole thing with mindset, like, you know, even in adulthood, you know, a lot of people have fixed mindsets. And I'm very encouraging of people having growth mindsets because of the factor of if you have that growth mindset, you know, and it's very hard when you're in those situations and those circumstances, you do tend to have a fixed mindset. It's like, no, nothing's going to get better. No one's going to help me. And, you know, what I had before was happiness and what i had before was better than what i'm going to experience moving forwards however you know seeing somebody like yourself who's come through that and i use the word recovery and again recovery some people think you know it's a negative word as well because just like failure it seems as though you know you've gone from a bad place to a good place or, or whatever it may be but actually recovery is just a part of a mechanism where you have developed And whether it be an individual or a situation has developed. And what I find really interesting with the whole coaching of kids as well, especially, is because with coaches, typically coach, mentor, the two different orientations. But when you talk about those two elements or those two professions, people typically talk about the coach or mentor having an experience within that sector or that type of industry themselves. But the thing is that with kids, we've all been a kid so <laughs> oh, yeah <laughs> probably the only, like sector where everybody's experienced it but you know using those experiences and also using the examples in which you've come across now do you kind of feel as though it's a mixture of the two which has benefited you or do you kind of feel as though you know because you, you have to have a passion for it surely as well as experiencing it along the way
1: yeah no, that's a good question actually mate because when I first started, I wanted to do, I was in a bit of a mix. I turned into a magpie. So one of the first things I started, buddy, was to give men the confidence to ask women out on a date because that was something that I struggled with. I couldn't do that. And I suffered a lot with analysis paralysis. Yeah. And um, then I went on to some more commercial advertisements for social media. And I just felt a little bit lost. I just really wanted to, to find something to do to make, air quotes, money. Um, and I thought, no, this isn't the way. I, even if I did do that, even if I did excel at that, I'm not going to be happy. And this is why it was so, excuse me, but half-assed attempt. And then when I, when for some reason, when I just thought, I could, just, I could coach kids. But what they are, well, you've already done all the sports, you've done all the sports under the sun. What would you want to coach them is what's the most important? I had to, to sit down and think about this. And it was their mind because I love how you mentioned um, Dr. Carol Dweck, um, you know, her, her book, Mindset, Growth Mindset, and Fixed Mindset. There's a lot of kids these days that are floating through the fixed mindset and that's their parents' fault, but it's not the parents' fault because they haven't had any education in it. So for us to sit here and blame parents is arrogant and borderline narcissistic because we're shuffling the blame onto them when they have no clue of how to do it. So let's blame the grandparents. Well, oh no, because they haven't had a, flaming clue of what to do about that either so for me it was finding out the air, the most common areas of where kids struggle and coaching them through it guiding them through it through my own experiences and through speaking to as many parents as I possibly could around the world um I think that you're dead right I the only reason why I am who I am today is because of that tough experience. But also I I wanted a me in my life. I wanted I want I wanted to grow into who I am today, who I needed back then. I needed to tell somebody said, Dan, I'm being bullied and it's it sucks, man. I'm crying. i I don't want to go in school. I'm scared to go into school. Help. Right, this is what we do. Sit down. And I go through the, you know, that's what I want. And I know full well, when I have kids, they ain't going to listen to me. (laughs) If there's any any parents listening to this right now, you have become white noise. And I wince when I say that because it's so horrible, isn't it? Not all the time, but you become white noise because you say the same things in the same order, in the same tone of voice, with the same accent day in, day out. Put that down. Don't do that. You should do this. What's going on? Why are you doing that? And all kids want to do is just listen. And I guarantee you, when I have kids, I'm going to find somebody that does what I do as best as I can. Um, by the way, I'm coaching coaches how to do what I do, so I'm definitely going to use one of them um, <laughs> and just ping him or her to them and say, "Coach my kid, do it," because they, they they need that. They need that because, and I'll be quite happy. I don't. I'm not arrogant. I haven't haven't got that bigger ego for them to say, "Well, why oh." Little, little Charlie, why are you not talking to me for? Why did you not tell me you're being bullied? Oh, my gosh. I mean, Dale, get over yourself, mate. They don't need to say that. But if they've got a safe place to speak that to and, you know, they're not harming themselves or they're not harming others, then why do you need to know? You need to know if they're harming themselves or others, but why do you need to know about any of the, the, the other things? As long as you they have told a comfortable, safe adult, and that adult is being proactive around that and you are seeing the change, and you're seeing the results and you're seeing the confidence blossoming then i'll be the happy daddy i'll be a very happy daddy um
0: so yeah it, i think I've, i'm not sure if i actually question but i kind of went a bit off key no 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 that's no, perfect then and, and there's again some key points you kind of picked up on there i mean i'm very much like that and and I, i'm very like you said it's it's kind of a battle between you know sometimes you look at children and you go it's oh, definitely parents' fault, but like you said, it's more so the fact that again, you know what experiences have they had, you know what education have they had, and. You know, again, typically, you know, we are products of our environments in terms of the social um, aspects of which we have, the the families in which we have. And it isn't until I think, again, somebody like yourself, I mean, you know, like you said, typically children don't listen to their parents or, or they do. But then also as well, they, they kind of say, well, you're just my parent or, you know, you're just my teacher. But I think people like yourself and and in the football world, myself as a, as coaches, we are almost that safe space for these people to be able to reach out. And I think it's maybe because in a weird way, and I mean, you know, again, teachers go through years of qualifications and things such as that. But they almost see coaches as you know oh wow you know you must have you must be really experienced you must be really knowledgeable when in fact and it's not to say we're not but it's in fact you know we've gone through these experiences and I always typically say it goes from pupil to teacher to educator and that's kind of I suppose the, the path you're on where you've you know been the pupil yourself you've teached or, or teaching people um, these different mechanisms and obviously now like you said you're implementing your knowledge, skills, and experience onto other coaches so that they can implement and have obviously a wider effect. Um, But obviously, apart from experiences, what else have you kind of picked up along the way? Obviously, I know you said you you attended some courses, but typically people will look at their coaches and kind of think, well, what else do you have other than just experiences? Um, Not always to say that a piece of paper is credentials, but what other kind of things have you picked up along the way? Uh, yeah, I, I agree, buddy. By the
1: way, if you can hear any snoring, that's my pug. He's sleeping next to me. It's definitely not me. <clears throat> I'm having a very enjoyable conversation. Just to pick up on the fact that you mentioned about that process from, you know, um, teacher to educator, pupil, teacher, educator, I just want to highlight something to do with parents. Now, I was speaking to an amazing, amazing lady. Uh, two ladies, in fact. We, we, we all, all of us were, were having the same conversation separately. Dr. Vanessa Lapointe, she's a Canadian psychiatrist. She's amazing. I love her to pieces. Um, and um, a lady called Kai Grain. She's, an, she's a specialist teen coach. And we had a massive conversation, and we, we, we found out because they're both parents, and I'm not. I'm going to explain why I'm not. You well, think it's obvious, but there's a reason as well. Um, I haven't found the right woman. No one will have me, David. Uh, no. Um, so we were discussing that parent from the ages of one to 12, coach to the ages of 12 to roughly 16, 17, mentor to the age of roughly 22, 25. Definitely 25 if you're a boy, probably 22 if you're a girl, because girls develop a bit faster than boys, as we all know. And then friendship, there on after. So parent, coach, mentor, friend, in that order, because you can't parent a 22-year-old. Yeah. You, and to be frank with you, most of the most of the... Um, the big life changes happens after transitioning into secondary school, new friendship groups. They're in the social phase. They've got to make new friends. Social media kicks in. I can't, a parent cannot guide a child on social media because first of all, she grew up or he grew up in a completely different time and they never had social media when they were 12 or however old. So don't condemn them for wanting to use it. I was working with a boy recently who got absolutely battered by his mum and dad because what he did was he, he snuck into, he found a key from somewhere, snuck into the cupboard. What should mum and dad do this, snuck into the cupboard, opened it up, got their spare phone out they don't use, charged it up secretly, locked it, put the key back in the right place, locked it, charged it up, got onto it, created an Instagram account um, and a TikTok account to take it to school and was using it in school secretly. They found out they absolutely crucified him. And I said, and when they, you know, because I was coaching them at the time, I said, well, slow down a little minute. Did you, did you ask why? And I said, no, of course you didn't ask why. What's the point? You, you, you went behind our backs. So he went through, the he betrayed us. It's very arrogant. It's very egotistical. Slow down a little bit, all right? He's 12 years old. He's not 30. He's 12 years old. And to, for a 12-year-old to behave in that way, they're trying to solve a problem. Next time, ask out why. And I already knew, because he told me. And I I said, do you know why he did that? He said, well, no, because we don't. Because he was being bullied. He was being bullied for not having social media. So, a very intuitive boy. Amazing. Very crafty. Very skilled at doing that. Very discreet. What a talent. Oh, amazing. He told me that, and he told me that through not so much shaking lips but disappointed face looking down not wanting eye contact with me because he didn't want to disappoint me I framed it I said dude you can say anything you want to me you will never disappoint me I don't care I don't judge I've t- told you you know my past you know my history you know my darkest moments I've shared that with you if if I was to judge you I'm a hypocrite so just tell me and he did and I was just like and I congratulated him and that's wicked that's amazing high five that is so awesome dude well done you've solved your problem of being bullied that is sick well done dude um, now how do you reckon we could have went about that a little bit differently because obviously I mean what are the things you've kind of tripped up on here oh betrayal with mom and dad da, 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 yeah. will they trust you again no have you lied yes are they are they family by the way I'll go into families we do family values and we do family laws as well have you did you break a few family laws just then yeah dude you, you know I love the fact you did that but I don't like the fact that you that you, that you did it in that method I think you solved your problem, which is great. Um, so to get back on track, there, buddy. Um, yeah, want to say, parent, coach, mentor, and then friendship. Therefore, after. Um, in regard to qualifications, one a piece of paper, hundred percent agree. Oh my gosh, a piece of paper does not mean you you good at anything. You know, doesn't doesn't mean anything. Just to get a little piece of ink splashed on a piece of paper to in a certain pattern, a certain way. Based on another person's metrics, yeah. could give two hoots. Could not give two hoots. However, I can see the validity in it because obviously, for me, I wouldn't want to speak to some random person off the streets. I would, I would, I would, I would like that security, and I get that, and I respect that. So, obviously, DVS, hundred percent. That's a big deal, but I've gone through my whole life of getting training badges bas- basketball, football, rugby, cricket, gymnastics, trampoline, lifeguarding, all of it. Um, and teaching. So I've got QTS, I'm a qualified teacher, I've got a degree at university, but master level of NLP, and I'm trained, certified in CBT as well. So these are the things that I've put together, and I could either I could either carry on getting those qualifications. Oh, therapy as well. That's very good, timeline therapy. I could either continue, but um, it's going that continuation is going to block me from serving kids, serving people. So I thought, right, is that enough? Yes, it is. Have I got the main ones? Yes, I have. So I was, thought I'd use that and roll with it and crack on. Another good thing, dude, for validity is word of mouth as well. Like, imagine if you had a kid and I was and I and he was being bullied, and 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 he's not now. And he didn't use his fists. He could, because I trained him martial. I trained him in martial arts as well. Let's say, as I told you before this conversation, he could, if he wanted to. He's got some little weapons on him now, but he didn't. He used his words, and he controlled his mindset to be to not let it in, to not let that insecure garbage into his head from an insecure place. How do I know it's from an insecure place? Well, who am I pointing at? That's what I was doing. It came from my insecurity. The only reason why I bullied was because I was being bullied. Over 80% of bullies have been bullied in the past. The rest of it, the rest of the percent, they're going through their own situations, which could be home bullying um, and the psychological disorders. So imagine if I said that and your son, boom, never got bullied ever again because he knew how to control his mind. He knew to save some kids bullying him And he said horrible things to him. And then he said, "You, dude, are you okay? What are you trying to say? You know, saying those sorts of stuff, that means you're kind of of a little bit scarred and a bit delicate inside. It comes from an insecure place, by the way. Do you want to tell the teacher to talk to you? I'll talk to you if you want. If you want to, mate, I'll talk to you. Sure, F off. Okay, that's cool. You do do what? that. I will F off and go over here. I'll give you some space. If you want to talk to me, mate, honestly, I'll be around. Not letting it in. As opposed to "f off, mate," back and punching him, or crying, or shoulders down, or looking down, or you know, you just be turn, congratulations. You've just turned yourself into a target. And I wasn't being sarcastic when I said that. It's just that the kids have got no training to do this. this is why I go into schools and speaking schools to raise awareness of how to act when you're being bullied. Now, is bullying hitting? No, it's not, mate. Because if I went into a, if I went into Tesco and smacked somebody, what's going to happen to me? Well, I'm obviously going to be arrested, obviously. So why the fudge are we not doing that in schools? If a kid hits another kid, that needs to be, um, charged needs to be pressed. And we need to have that mentality to knock it out of them. And we also need to help the kid that did the hitting, help them through whatever psychological battles they're going through. And it's not to, because if we were to be, oh, that little little bugger hit, hit him, oh God, and the teacher, I did it. I did it when I, when I when I was a teacher. When I was a young teacher, I was just like I absolutely floored this kid for being a bully and um, and um, hitting another kid because that happened to me. I I, I went mad at him, top of my voice, lost control. I lost control. Um, I had to have a word with the senior, senior leadership team. I had to have a word with me, <laughs> but I lost control. But and 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 that would just emphasise that I'm just pouring fuel on the fire. Instead of that, I've learned instantly to just get him to one side and just talk to him and say, look, dude, what? Would this, that's animalistic behavior. You're not an animal. You're a human. You, you've, you've just been gifted consciousness. You don't have to fight somebody. You, you, have the, you have the capacity to make decisions and choices, and that's what separates us from the animals, bro. So, so something happened for you to do that. What, what is it? Let's chat. You know, so it's about understanding all of those dynamics. So, like I said, dude, if I if I did that to your son, and they were to, and you're happy with the results, and you're like, oh my god, son's not bullied again. He's happy, he's confident, he's a he's leader. He's um the head of the head of the football team. He's the team captain. He's organising trips. He's doing this. He's doing that. He's happy. He's got respect. He's got friends after him. He's got girls after him. He's got you know, he loves it. He's Happy, confident, not arrogant. Then I bet my bottom dollar from when he was scorned and down and depressed. To where he is now you would record a glowing video testimonial for me um i'll give my son to dale he's absolutely fantastic this is where he was this is where he is now uh, uh, unbelievable i'm so proud of him he's so cool this is my, my boys and this is and this dale this how this how this how would i recommend dale Puh, absolutely i would 100 recommend him if your son's going through a b and c dale boom easy that's more than a piece of mark on a piece of paper for me dude
0: 100 yeah, percent it's interesting because i um done a uh know, a bit of paper degree um and um on that though one of the things is for me is that like i was very kind of closed mindset of that i thought Look, you know what, let me just get a bit of paper honestly and truthfully didn't really think too much about the actual qualification itself but There was one piece, and I've done this through myself of going out and finding the information, but it's important because you picked up on it there about sort of like, you know, the whole bit of piece of paper and also as well, you said that you learned from a situation. And um, it was one thing that sticks out to me. It's called the 70 2010 model. And basically what my degree was on was it was about the... um, the effectiveness of CPD on grassroots football coaches and basically what this 702010 model said was that basically we kind of go into these situations and even probably with coaches as well and think right i want to go to my coach or i want to go onto this course and get all the answers that's what i'm paying money for that's what i'm expecting to get out of this closed mindset But what actually ends up happening is that you get, this model particularly said that you get 10% of your learning from the educator or from the teacher or from the leader. You get 20% of your learning coming from the conversations which you have with your peers or fellow um, course course, um, peers. Um, And 70% of that learning is done by you. It's done by you in your own environment. And what it made me reflect on so heavily is exactly like what you kind of say there in terms of your early days of teaching, in terms of, you know, the experiences which you've been through, that actually, you've taught yourself, you've experienced things, you've, again, like you said, <clears throat> the boy you use as an example, I'm 100% agreed with everything you said there about, you know, parents would shut them down, how dare you go behind my back, how dare you do this? What an incredible young boy like you said, decision maker, problem solver, obstacle hurdler, you know, coming through all these creative situations. And actually, it isn't until, like I said, you go into that growth mindset and you actually experience these things and you understand how to react. Because, again, you mentioned there early on in your journey of being a teacher, you know, you reacted, you kind of lost control a little bit by shouting. But as you've gone on, again, some of the questions which you're saying are incredible, you know, why did you do that? How does this have an effect on what you've done, your actions? You know, who else has been affected by your actions? What does this mean for future relationships with these individuals that you've affected along the journey? So I find it incredible with the questioning and how powerful it is. And the point I wanted to kind of pick up on as well and dig a little bit deeper with is obviously teachers, you know, they get sometimes a bad word. And I think like I said, they do an incredible job, but they're wearing so many different hats. They're obviously teaching various different subjects and you know they've they've got their own lives as well and you know sometimes it's super stressful but I think one of the big benefits is what you're able to do is you're able to spend quality interaction time with these pupils and these children on a one-to-one basis do you think there's a differentiation between you know spending time one-on-one and then also spending it in a whole sort of group environment as well yeah that's a good question actually dude and I just, just want to clarify
1: as well that the parents that I was speaking to in regards to the boy with the phone in the cupboard, they are brilliant parents. Oh, my days. They are smashing. For goodness sake, they inquired into me and they, they've invested into me. And I just think that's absolutely phenomenal. So it may come across that I was belittling them. It absolutely wasn't, by the way. It was just that I did it in a very friendly kind of understanding. Ways. And I was understanding them because guess what? they would never been parents before. Who has? Yeah. There's never been parents before, and there's no perfect blueprint or book for a parent. In fact, if there's a parent called I don't know Mary and a, and a boy called John, there's a, the perfect book for Mary to how to raise John. It's, in, it's I haven't seen it. Um, it's in the library somewhere, but it's called How Mary Raises John Perfectly, and there isn't doesn't exist, but, and it won't and it won't work for other children that she has. It will just be for John. Because they are both bespoke unique. We are both sorry, we are all snowflakes. We are all completely, completely different. So and also our interaction, we've got difference here with Mary, we've got difference here with John, but that interaction, that relationship is different as well. Sunny paradigms we've got to gotta to, to go through and grow through. So to you answer your question in regard to one-to-one and uh, group work, it depends on the individual. So if I hate labels, but if we're talking about extrovert or introvert, or even an omnivore, which is a collection of both, um, it would depend on the individual. So if 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 they if the child would prefer to speak one on one, then that works great for him or her. If the child would prefer to work in group with, them that works great as well, but it depends on the amount of um, attention. So what I like to do is I like to I like to stretch the comfort zone. So my coaching is a tiny bit. Uh, unorthodox as it were and I've said to parents as well when you when you when I have the privilege and because it's a privilege and honor to coach your children I will make them feel uncomfortable I will make them be upset I will make them be angry I'll make them be happy sad that and you can be here and watch the whole thing if you wanted to it's up to you you know there's a CEO over there go and sit down and watch what's going on but I will put I'll make them cry and I do because it's all well and good for the parents giving them to me and they're in the oh it's Dale, yeah, let's swing here, let's do this parkour, let's do basketball, let's do this, let's talk about our feelings. Yeah, oh Dale's so good. Oh my get home. Oh, I hate you, Mom. Ooh, it's not fair. So it's all well and good me seeing them in that high state, but I've got to see them in the low state so we can understand how to get through and move away from that low state. There's nothing wrong with that low state. Without the low state, there wouldn't be a high state. Without if 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 I was to take if if there were just two emotions in the world, happiness and sadness, um, or let's just put it easy, a good day and a bad day, and I and I had a magic one, boom, bad days are no longer bad day. There's no such thing as a bad day. Would everybody be having a good day? No, because there's nothing to compare it to. It would just be a day. That's it. So we need the bad to appreciate the good that's what we need to go through. So talking about stretching the comfort zones, if there was a a child that was a bit like, Oh, don't we like talking Well, this is what we're going to do. We, we're going to, we're going to, we, we know your strength. We're going to find out your strengths and we're going to bring that to a group setting, just a small group setting. And then we can work around it and we can see what we do. And then we feedback and I understand and think, well, how did you do just that? What happened? What, how did you contribute? When did you feel nervous? Where did you feel it inside your body? What colors pop up when you think about these things? Um, and then the same with a person that just loves the attention. Loves the attention. A little bit like me. Um, I went to a big marketing event at the weekend and I put my hand up every single time I wanted to one of the question because I just wanted to, okay, it wasn't the attention. I just wanted to serve. I wanted to have the mic and I wanted to, to like help people out. But it's to bring them away from those eyes and sit them down here and find out the real, the real boy or the real girl. Find out who they are. And nine times out of ten, sometimes you'll find that the only reason why people are being loud and craving that attention is not because they're confident. It's because they're not confident, because they're insecure and they need that constant external validation. And they don't understand that the true self requires internal validation first before we can gather external validation. And this is why it bothers me so much about social media and TikTok dances as well, where they're, they're just flinging themselves around there's there's girls and they're doing silly tip-top dances it's it's crazy and and it's all for the likes it's all for the views it's all for the followers and it's just like and i get it i do get it 100 percent i get it but i don't know if you've ever seen the social dilemma if anyone's listening to this right now if you haven't had the chance already on netflix watch the social dilemma not to be scared just to be aware because that is whoa that is nuts what these what these social media companies do is phenomenal how they manipulate data to get you scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. This is why um, I'm in the middle of creating a social media course for kids aged between 11 to 14 years old. Because there's no stopping social media. It's going to happen. It is happening. There's no stopping it. But what if we could transform kids or guide them into being a producer, not a consumer? And this is where good group work comes in as well. Um, so, what have I found? It depends on the individual group work or individual. It depends on the individual. And we'll lock them in there for a bit.
0: And then we switch them over to find out where, um, who they are in those moments. No, that's class. And again, some pure golden nuggets there. I loved a bit as well about, like you said, you know, the, you know, it depends on the individual because typically in football as well, we always talk about knowing, understanding the player, oh, sorry. sorry, understanding the person before the player. Um, yeah you know, typically people think, you know, well, you're coaching football, you need to know about the player. Well, no, I need to understand who this person is, who they are, what they like, what are their constraints, what are their issues, what are their problems, who who do they associate with, all these key things which, believe me, can't be done in an, in an hour and it needs to be done over a longer period of time. But, again, linking it to the group stuff as well, thinking over the, again, understanding the person, understanding the player, but then the group element of it, you get to see their social skills. I mean, again, like you said, on social media, and it's it's in the word, people typically think it's, you're know you very sociable, you have lots of friends, like I said, going for the likes, going for the followers. Whereas, ultimately, when you break that person down, again, it might not be, again, even these people who go on TikTok and go on um, Instagram and, and all these other social media platforms to gain followers, that again, may be a really big insecurity. It may be that they're putting themselves at the forefront in their own safe, comfortable environment to do that because they want attention because they're not getting attention um, per se. Um, and I find it interesting. And I think that something like that is is is, is going to be massively helpful for people moving forwards because, like you said, it's it's you know becoming a producer and not a consumer of these things and understanding how I can utilise people. I mean, now we've got jobs in social media, which is crazy um, to think. Um, but obviously you mentioned it there and I suppose social media being one of the big ones which I can think off the top of my head but what would you kind of say are the biggest barriers challenges or factors that do affect children's confidence because for me like I said social media is probably one of the biggest ones because you know you see a perceived person of what they look like or how they act and if you're not doing that or you don't look like that or you don't act like that your confidence is probably not thinking you know am I acceptable in this realm or in this setting to an extent? Yeah, I I like that. I do
1: like that. That's a great question. First of all, I love the way you mentioned about the person, not a player. And to do that, every single time it's mandatory, I find out the identity of said child every single time. Um, And it's really cool that you put, that you mentioned about social media, because it's like, these people are just going to get lost in a whirlwind in an ocean of likes and follows and comments and stuff. And I don't, I genuinely don't think they're ready to receive the hate from, from, from from comments. Um, And when something happens like that, they're so, you know, the resilience level's so, well, not low, but it's never been constructed. So there's nothing there. There's no shield to to stop them going through, which will affect confidence, which we'll get to in a second. Um, but if I if I was to say to you, David, what's your favourite colour? I go with green. lad, green. I can see in the background. And when so my favourite colour is purple. And when I think of purple, I think of unique. I think of rare. I think of fun. I think of bold. I think of strong. I think of powerful. I think of enthusiasm. I think of chocolate because of Cadbury's. You can tell I've done this before. And I think of all these amazing things, all these amazing power words. When I think about these things, but also when you just think, if you can think of three, when you think of your green, not just your regular colour green, your Davis green, what kind of three really powerful influential words do you think of for your
0: green? I'd say, you yeah, I know. Um, I'd say confidence. I'd say, confidence. because I think obviously being in this sort of setting, you know, bringing confidence doing, yeah. um, I'd say opportunities because um, again getting the opportunity to speak to people like yourself um, and freedom again we're having this open conversation and freedom and we're able to comfortably talk about these things mm, I, I love that so much mate and, and that's that's very powerful now
1: but when we when we're younger we don't really see colour until the age of six months old we've like, seen black and white and when we first learn colour in school we uh, are learning colour we, we know colour we understand it and we, we kind of we kind of group move towards we're looking we're looking for elements of safety we're looking for our parents then we look for our teachers and then we look for for certain things like a safety comfort blanket on a pen but a comfort something we can find comfort in and we look for comfort in in things as well such as colors so guess what we find our favorite color every kid's got a favorite color some people when they say they oh i never had a favorite you, you did you did you just forgot it you definitely had a favorite color because that's what the mind does it seeks security and safety it's this, the brain's only doing three things: mechanics, heartbeat, in growing nails, growing hair, growing etc. Um, safety, so running away from danger, and the last one doesn't. It's kind of like when you're asleep, half the brain, which is like processes the day, formulation, memories, and dreams and stuff, it makes sense of things. So that's what it does. Um, and when you when you've just identified your favorite color just there. When when you were when you were a kid, you, you found that favorite color. I know I did, and and people listening to this right now just have a little think about your favorite color for us and what I want you to do is I want you to, to, to cast your mind back and imagine your journey of your life right now and just think oh when I played that board game I really wanted to be the green piece for you David or I really want to be the purple piece and to this day David when I play board games at Christmas time with my family, my brother always bloody picks the purple because he knows that I want it. Does it to wind me up? Seriously, he's 34. I'm 37. He does it every single time. We're never going to change. Um, so <laughs> we, we see. We, so throughout life, we think, oh, I'm going to be the green piece. I want to be the green piece. I want to be that piece. Or you play a certain video game. You, you want to be that certain green character or that purple character uh, or clothing You know, if you've got a favourite certain clothing that that you wear, like green clothing. So why is that important? Why am I talking about this? Well, the reason is, is because the very fact that we've found a security in that certain colour means that we've attached part of our identity to it. So I say this to kids and I say this to adults. The very fact that you've just said, when I think of green, I think of confidence. I think of opportunist. And I think of freedom. You're not thinking about your colour green. David, you're thinking about yourself. So David thinks David is confident. How's that feel? David thinks David is opportunities. David thinks David is is freedom. And I never want anybody, even if they do feel confident, to not go, oh, no, oh, really? I don't, uh, Ah, yeah, you do. The only reason why you're doing that for is because you're scared of what other people think, think that you're arrogant. You're not. It's self-belief. If you think you're confident, you're confident. Take it, keep it, lock it in. Doesn't matter what anyone else's insecurities is. Okay, we're not we're not crabs in a bucket trying to pull us back down. If you think you're confident, boom, you're confident. And the very fact that you said those three words, mate, I'm pointing at you now, means that you feel those way. That that's and that's what we do with kids. So that's what I say, right? And when, girls, this is so important when when girls, they, you know, this is this is almost a bit sexist, but the majority of the time they pick purple or pink, or or yellow. You know, really nice, pastly soft colours. And they say, oh, beautiful, pretty, brilliant, brilliant. Now, for some reason, there's a massive um, social, huh, excuse me, that word again, social dilemma recently, where girls are very catty and they're very, oh, no, I am the queen bee, not you. And they, they're so quick to call somebody ugly because it's based on appearance. And obviously, you know, society dictates that girls should be pretty and lovely and men should be hard and rough and get the money in and stuff like that. Thankfully, that's being turned around now, which is great, because I think I'm pretty. I'm only joking. So when they say pretty, it's just like, guess what? You think you're pretty. You think you're beautiful. You think you're strong. You think you're this. Best. So if anybody, anybody, boy, girl, man, woman, anybody says any differently, they haven't got a clue because they weren't there with you when you were three years old learning that color and that is fact so you are pretty and you are beautiful and you are amazing you are strong so lock that in your brain and I want you to say it to yourself every single morning that's your homework that's all you've got to say say it out loud you say it in your head you say it in front of the mirror you can write it down I don't care you've got to say it every single day every single day so it's really important to understand their own identity when it, when it comes to living their life, as well as that, understanding their own mode of confidence. So for me, confidence is the opposite of self-consciousness and to be the hero of your own movie. Now, that's my definition. What's yours? What's theirs? What's hers? What's his? What's there? It doesn't matter what, what mine is. That's what mine is. What, what, what do you think of yours? And that's how they operate in their day because if you type in google you're going to get so many definitions of the word confidence and stuff just just make it about you that's what it is be the hero of your own movie be the main character don't be an npc don't be a non-player character no i love that yeah, yeah I, got, I got lost in the world there, mate you, you you originally
0: you asked another question what what can you recall what was this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. again listen like you know this is what i love about this is that it's like you're, we're taking in myself, like I said, I, I wanted to be selfish throughout this conversation anyway, and I am. I'm taking in all this information and um, also for the listeners as well, but it's incredible. Like, you know, you just need, like again, like I said, somebody like yourself just to slightly tweak and change the, the perception which you have of words to make you start thinking and purposely believing this stuff. And it's incredible because it's true. You know, you, like again, I just pick those, those words off the top of my head and associate it with green, but... Like you said, it it is you're thinking about your safe space, your comfortable space, and like you said, your identity. You know, like you said, people wear typically like clothing and uh, or get get a car which is the colour in which they like. But again, it's because they associate that with them. And I find that incredible how you've just broken it down and and, and it's such a such a wise way of looking at it. So yeah, no, that 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 element of it is incredible. I mean, I I was just kind of saying about the sort of um, barriers or factors that affect. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, sorry, but yeah, let me let me jump on
1: that one. Um, barriers that affect confidence. Well, parents, yep. and I'm not I'm not here to be horrible, but if you want, if you, I think the most important lesson you can teach your child is self belief. Hundred percent. The most important lesson on this world is self belief. If if I had a magic wand and I could put self belief in your kid's head, what would they not achieve? Nothing. They would. They, what would you What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? For everything, be a president. You know, what would you, you know, you keep on going. This is what we need to to get that stigma, that negative stigma away from failure, throw it in the bin and just think, aim for the failure. Aim for it. So if you want your kid to be confident, if you want your kid to have self-belief, then you don't sit there and teach them with a step-by-step action plan. Okay, so to be confident, you've got to make two new friends a day. You've got to smile at five new people and you've got to walk your shoulders up and your head back and you never look down. No. That's just a crummy little blueprint that anyone can make on the street. I could, I've just literally on the spot thought that right now and I'll put that on a social media post and will get a load of likes. Yay, for me, great. But the most important thing you can do as a parent is to do it yourself. So demonstrate that self-belief. Don't look in the mirror and look down and be disappointed that you've got a, an ounce of fat on your belly or that your body's beautiful. You don't, you, 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 the fact that you're here is impossible. You shouldn't be here. Like the chance of you being born in one in 400 trillion it's incredible. It's so, so small. If I got if I got two million people to stand in the line with a one million sided dice and told them to the roll the dice, what are the chances of all of them landing on the same number? Like zilch, zero. And I say to that to the kids and say, Oh, impossible, Dale. No, it wouldn't happen. Well, it did, mate, because I'm so I can see you sitting there. That happened to you, it happened to you. Because that chances is you being born. So for parents that listen to this as well, um, Understand that you're a miracle. Understand that your body is your body, and it's your gift. You every single morning you wake up, um, and you open two gifts, and those you your eyes, you can see. And if and if you're not if you're not completely happy with the way you look, or not completely happy with your job, or your friendship circle, or your thoughts, guess what? You can change them with a tiny bit of hard work, maybe even a lot of hard work. But I can tell you this, that hard work is worth doing because you ain't getting anything in this life if it's easy to get. I say to people, if you do the easy things now, you're going to have a hard life back then in the future. If you do the hard things now, you're going to have an easy life in the future. And I wish somebody told me that when I was young because I was just messing around, drinking, going to uni parties, doing all this. And I've got friends now who are 22 years old and they are earning 100 k and selling property. And it's just like, I love that. And it's not about the money, but it's about their lifestyle and their freedom. And I love they're doing that, their impact in the world. It's, it's quality. So number one is parents, parenting, modeling, not telling, modeling confidence. Okay, that's the cure away from it. So parents, when they when they say anything or they look down or they just think, oh, I can't do, then your child will absorb that. They learn nothing from you. They absorb everything from you. Another thing is, like you just said before, a poor relationship with failure. They don't like, they don't like failure. They don't they don't like failure. They don't like to, to fail in front of people or look, or look like an idiot. Which leads us on to the next one, which is that external validation. They're constantly seeking external validation, which is great. I'm okay with it. If I went, dude, if I went to the gym. And somebody in fact, I said it today. actually. I'm going to drop this one in now. I'm okay with that. But someone said to me, I haven't seen you for ages. Oh, you're looking pretty buff, man. So oh, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Bro. Thank you. I've been working hard, man. Um, that's nice. I don't live in that zone. I know full well that if I didn't believe in myself and I didn't see value in myself or respect myself, I wouldn't go to the gym. So it's internal validation first. Then when external validation comes in, it's very nice um and i'd like you to pick up on the fourth one which is very cheekiest of that one in there compliment taking a bloody compliment if i said to my girlfriend babe you look beautiful and she said shut up no i don't like oh, oh, oh okay I'm lying then am i um and i leave it and then next week i say oh my well, that's such a nice dress it makes you or it makes your figure look really nice you look cute She's like, oh shush now come on stop it oh am i really going to want to give her a compliment again and then a month later she'll say you never compliment me like, what the f- what i do I d- but you didn't take it you didn't take it by the way she takes a compliment she's amazing um <laughs> she does take compliments very very very, very well uh so take a compliment it's like a gift it's like me it's the equivalent of me saying oh um babe here you go here's a bunch of flowers you that's amazing and her saying and you know her saying that oh I know I don't look beautiful it's like a bunch of flowers her ripping them up in half throw them in the bin I don't want these I'm like I would feel so hurt or like um oh you 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 dress up beautiful and you look it's like a nice figure you look amazing I'll buy her a car it's the equivalent of her getting a key and scratching down the side and smashing the wind mirrors. It's like, I've just given you a gift. Take the compliment. But don't take the compliment like this. Don't say, Oh, thank you, so do you. It's like a gift for a gift. Yeah. Like if she gave me a gift for my birthday, am I going to give her a, a gift back? If she gave me a gift randomly, no. Um, I, I've, I've, booked, I've booked... um. She won't hear this, will she, by the way? Because it's going to be on Tuesday. No, good. All right. <laughs> I've booked a special spa day um, on um, Tuesday. And um, she doesn't know about it. And I don't, don't want to give back. I'm not going to... The next day, I'm going to be like, so I've just just got you a spa day. Can can I have uh, football tickets then? Can I... um? Can I have a, a new hoodie? I mean, come on, come on, I'll give you a spot. It doesn't happen. So accepting compliments. So accept the compliment. And if anyone's sitting there waiting for the return compliment, so if you say, oh, thanks, man, I appreciate it. I worked really hard for this. Don't just say, some coaches out there say, thank you. And, or, thank you, I know. That comes across as a bit sticky. I love it. Because it means you, you've got you own yourself. And if anyone takes that uncomfortably and arrogantly, um, negatively, that's their problem. And I get that. And I'll be okay if someone said that to me, said, Oh, thanks, I know. I'm like, sweet, I love that. Genuinely, I would be, I love that. That's wicked. Love it. Um, because it, it my compliment has landed. And if they believe it, that's great. I would probably recommend saying something like, Thank you so much. I've really worked hard for it. Oh, you you look great in that dress. Oh, thank you. I think it fits quite nice, isn't it? You don't need to return a compliment. And if the, if the person that gave the compliment is sitting there like this, tick, tock, tick, wait, waiting for the compliment back. Where, where's my compliment? I give it you. Stop it. Then they're only doing it for a gift back and it's insincere. So, and you know, if you're operating from a higher level, it's cool to say, oh, so do you. <laughs> but to do that more, the, the, the secret in this area to, to, to do that is to compliment other people is to see other people. Oh my gosh, your eyebrows look insane. And if they go, your hair looks so nice. Like, Where do you get those shoes from? They look decent. I like them. Where do you get them from? Oh, They suit you really well, actually. If you give compliments and get used to it, you won't need the, the, the need to receive all the compliments back. But you'll find you will. Yeah. And even if you wanted to correct them, if you want to say, oh, you, I love the shoes. Say, oh, thanks. Your shoes look nice as well. I said, dude, genuinely like the shoes I didn't I didn't need you to say I like my shoes back that's cool I just just want to say this that's it so you can kind of guide people around that and then they might get a bit oh well I don't understand that but eventually they'll get it and they'll be like oh that's that's pretty cool and if you want to explain the way I've explained it that's absolutely wonderful as well but it's also stretching the comfort zone and having a um uh so the I think we're on the fifth one now. So the comfort zone stretch. So so just being nice and cuddly in a little comfort zone and not veering out of it. You've got to step out into the danger zone or the stretch zone or whatever graphic you see on social media these days. As long as you break out of it, and it could be so simple. It could be going for a run. It could be going for a walk. It could be looking at people, making five people smile. If you've got a problem with social anxiety, then you can go to maybe push yourself. Don't go to the Tesco down the road. Go to a big one, a bit further on. Um, or if you're getting checked out with a, if you've got a problem with communicating with women and you're a guy, let's say, let's say you heterosexual guy and you want to speak to more girls, then go to a checkout girl, lady, um, when you're buying your food and just say uh, are you having a nice day yes thank you Ah, oh, good and then you break in conversation like that talk to people try and make five people smile if it's football practice a new skill of like a i don't know step over or whatever cross turn or whatever practice it and do it in a game do it in a game and we go back to number two which is bad relationship with failing did you fail good good there's not enough confidence on the pitch right now these days because kids are too scared to look look harsh it's, it's, it's to look bad in front of their team players They don't want to let them down and I respect that so much but you've got to take risk and you've got to stretch that comfort zone and I think a lot of kids on the pitch in any game not just football in any game need to lift each other up and if they're over and they're all like oh you missed that goal then they need a, they need a guidance they don't need a stern talking to they need a guidance um, of how to of how to lift each other up. Um, so there's there's many different ways of how we can how we can build confidence. And I think I think another one is well, you're going to annoy people, David. You're going to pee people off in life. Trust me, it's going to happen, and people are going to be annoyed with you for no reason at all. I could I could I could I speak to a famous jeweler, and he made a perfect diamond ring and I put it all on the com- or computer, on-, on TV, and every single person in the world, all 8 billion of us, saw it. What percentage of people are going to like that? 100%? Budge no. Of course they're not. So be comfortable with not getting on with everybody. You don't have to get on with everybody. And if people give you a hard time, that's okay, because that's a projection themselves. There's a concept in psychology called Perception is Projection. And if I was to call you an idiot, David, right now, then I've got to see idiot behavior in myself. Have I been an idiot in my life? Well, I've been on this planet for 37 years. So definitely. If we were to have a boy in a room from birth, locked in a room and then for 10 years and he was, you know, he was being fed. He was, you know, whatever, um, learning and stuff. And then we took him out and put him into a primary school, year six. And. Um, he was with a group of people would he call somebody a swear word would he call them an idiot no he wouldn't because he's never experienced that so when you experience it when you do it yourself that's what it is perception is projection and it works the way around as well nice things if you say nice things to people unconsciously do you think that about yourself as well this is why i always give five compliments a day and try and make five i say no not try do make five people smile today today i went into a school I didn't count, but I had 30 kids come up to me and I was being silly. I was joking. They were smiling. I was fist bumping. I was talking about food. I got some free food in the cafeteria. It was amazing. Nailed it. So, so
0: those, those are the top ones just there, buddy. (laughs) I I hope that helps the audience. Yeah, no, 100% that's class. And and it's interesting because a lot of those points you made there, I think by the parent one, it's all to do with self. Mm. And, Actually, it's again, you know, your, your role as a coach and obviously the duties and responsibilities of these people around um, children as well, to like you said, help guide them there. But yeah, bar the parent one, it's all to do with self. But like you said, in terms of, I say this often within coaching, like within, within football specifically, but you know, I always say to coaches, well, you always say well done to players. How often do you say well done to yourself? Hardly ever, if ever at all. But it's always, I wish I could have done that, or I wish I could have done this, or I should have done this, or I should have done that. But hold on, you said well done so many times to players, you know, you don't always go to a player and say, well, you should have done this, you should have done that, you could have done this, and you could have done that. So it's having that sort of, you know, rather than having the self-validation from somebody else, you know, have it with yourself, say to yourself, well done. Do you know what? I've done well today. Like you said, if you said set yourself, yourself a task of, you know, writing out five compliments or five good things within a day, you know, do that and then say, well done, I've achieved it. Like I'm a big believer of goal setting and, and, and sort of um achieving goals because for myself, and again, I suppose that goes down to the individual, but once I achieve something, it makes me feel really confident. And because I know that I've set out to do something, I've had a task in front of me, I've planned how to go and go about that task, and then I've achieved it. So I think that's quite interesting in that aspect. And then the point as well, which you made about sort of the you know, the, the sort of uh, element of seeking out from um, other people and using kind of other people as well. I think that aspect of things is, is, is interesting because a lot of the time people's, like you said about the projection element of things, people do it again because it's of, of what they've experienced within their environments. So I kind of feel as though these people will experience things. and Like you said about swear words, say, for example, people will hear it. But again, it's the perception of and the understanding of when do I use that? Where would I use that? And why don't I use that? So, yeah, it's it's incredible. A lot of that was so much self-taught and self-enhanced and self-experienced. And actually, it just needs that guidance and that support and those supportive mechanisms to help that person get there. And in football, we call it a thing called guided discovery. You know, you talk like telling people to do stuff you don't tell them it you you you, you help them and you support them yeah exactly that it's that guided discovery element of i want you to find out the answers i want you to find out the solutions i want you to understand why it has worked why it hasn't worked um and yeah i find that said just that incredible the, the whole self aspect of it yeah yes it well, that's who we control
1: I, th- I think I think another th- another thing that people need to be aware of as well is this isn't for confidence this is for like relationship building but not being attached to expectation yeah if I expected you if I expected you to you know not have a hat on or yeah. wear a shirt or if I expected um, Oswald not to snore during this you know interview like I'm going to be sorely disappointed in life. The only thing that we can be truly reliant on is our thoughts and our behaviours and the way that we per- perceive things because the information is not only just coming through our eyes from the world, it's our eyes that are interpreting it. That's not a word, interpreting it. and um, Outwardly. Yeah. So it's the filter that we see the world in. It's the filter. And that filter is just come from like you say religion experiences parents grandparents peers school and if depending on our experiences it will depend on how we see a certain situation like i'm expecting a new car um and it was supposed to be with me november and i was looking forward to it and just got a message saying it's going to be january and in the past i would have been like oh for f sake well i so but now I'm like, well, it's happened. Can I, can I control this? No. Or why be angry about it? Um, can I control this? Yes. Or why be angry about it? <laughs> What's the point? You know? So it's about just having um, checking in with your filter system and um, understanding that you control you. And that's like it's it, that's it's, it's that's sometimes enough to set people free to make them think. You know what? I do control me. I do control me. I can control my my thoughts, my behaviours, my education, my network, my friends. I can control that. And if I need to let friends go, so be it. I don't want to be a people pleaser. I want to let them go because I don't deserve that. And or I love them and I'm just going to let them go and
0: move on. Yeah, 100%. It makes, it makes you believe that you as an individual can make these things possible as well. And again, through that help and guidance which you give. Um, Listen, Dale, there's been some fantastic pieces of information which you've given out here so far. And obviously, again, it's incredible to find out your experiences, which in my eyes gives not only just from how you speak and how I've heard you speak on Clubhouse, but also gives the the validation and and the justification as to why you're doing what you're doing and and how you do it as well. Sorry. But what I'm really keen to understand is, is kind of, you know, you're on this journey now. What looking back so far in terms of what you've done, um, both the internal, so for yourself, and the external in terms of the people that you've affected has been sort of the biggest key achievements to date And if there's one sort of takeaway method or strategy which you could kind of give for people who have been listening um, to help children in gaining confidence, kind of other than what you've already explained about the sort of different um, steps that you would potentially take or overcome.
1: Yeah, that was a big one. So the most profound, it's very simple, mate. There's, there's, there's loads, but the, but the one that always sticks out in my mind is um, when I, the first time, and I cried my eyes out. Oh, I cried. Um, I get a bit emotional thinking about it now, still, to this day. But the first time that I received a message from a mum saying, Dale, I honestly believe you've saved my son's life. Just like, uh, like what, what more do you want? What more do you want? It's, people say, what would you do for free? This. Unfortunately, I have to put, a, put an investment in it because I need to live in a house. <laughs> but if I could do this for free, I would just do that. And I try and do as much as possible. I've opened up a charity to help out as many kids as possible. I go into schools. I I put an offer into schools to say, "Look, I'm going to. I do a free assembly for you." And some of them, some of them take it. Some of them are just like, "Oh, we've got a we've got a structure already." I'm like, "Ah," and it's okay because that. If I was to say, "No, get me in," that may come across as a very egotistical point of view. Um, But every single school I've been in, I just get get the raves raves off the kids and the teachers. In fact, so that that instant just there, and personally. I'm going to drop it in, dude. This. So the reason why this means a lot to me is because um, my book, because I'm dyslexic and I said to my, someone said, Dale, you should write a book. And I said, I'm I'm a stupid idiot. I'm thick. I'm thick as, I can't write a book. And at that instant, bang, because my mindset changed, it's very growth, I had to write a book. I had to prove myself wrong. I had to prove my little chimp or my little guy on my shoulder wrong. But it wasn't harsh. to I said, "It's cool, dude. We can write a book." It's so like, no, don't be silly. Are we be going to get mistakes. Yeah, of course we are, but we're mistake makers, so it's good. And um, so writing that book took a very long time, and I'm very proud that it got to number one bestseller on on Amazon for teen child mental health category, and it went as far as away. Um, and speaking in Parliament as well, that was cool. Really enjoyed that. I was speaking in to Chicago too. That was a lot of fun. So, I want to do a lot more speaking, actually. Um, so, takeaway: definitely, definitely, definitely. But hear this: hear what I said about the the, the identity with the identity color. Tar. So, so revisit that because that's so important. When a child understands their own identity and through their color, through their words, their power words, that will automatically improve improve your confidence with. Um, the uh, with using the affirmations in the morning as well, by saying, I am this, I'm that, I'm strong, I'm confident, I'm pretty, I'm beautiful. Um, and for me, what would I'm trying to think of if I was, a, if I was an 11 year old boy again, what would help me with my confidence?
0: Uh,
1: I would, I, if you could, definitely a martial arts definitely do a martial art if you can that instals confidence um and what else would i benefit from what i'm going to move slightly to and do a slight sidestep and talk about emotional intelligence because i think that's quite important when it builds confidence so i would play the skittles game whereby you get a bunch of skittles great for the whole family put the skittles in a bowl and you close your eyes and you pick out a colour, and whatever the colour it is associates to a certain emotion, and you share a recent memory of that emotion. For example, if I pick out a red one, I look at that, ah, I've got to share an angry emotion. Okay, the other day I was walking in the car park in, in in the park with my dog. Someone, some dog did a poo and he didn't pick it up. That really peeved me off. or so annoyed. Rah, rah, rah. Um and then the parents can dig into that if they wanted to. Say, do you want to talk about more? And you say, no, I'm okay. So, cool. you eat, get to eat it. So you get to eat it. Green is disgust. So share a disgust memory. Probably the same memory. Um, purple is fear or sadness. You can know a choice. Yellow is happy. We're going down the inside, inside out route with the Disney movie. And orange is excitement. Um, and those are the, all the colours. But you can get some different colour skittles, skittles as well. And what that is good at doing for is it, brings the family together we put the phones down and we have a talking time we just chill and talk and in fact everyone does it um, is amazing and we can we can build on from that as well so we can share, we can say well how can you do you're angry what happened when well, i did the i hit him mm, okay so how do you reckon we could do that better next time Or well, i was really happy because of this oh my gosh so how can you make sure that happens more well i'll do this so i would talk about when you build when a person builds emotional intelligence Again, they have more control of themselves. And when they have control of themselves, it builds up courage, it builds up confidence. And and my final thing, dude, fear has a big brother and his name is Courage. You cannot beat fear. You cannot build courage without walking through the door of fear. You have to walk through fear to meet courage.
0: And when you do, that fear goes away. No, that is class. Honestly, love that. Well, love the last quote you just said there. Definitely stealing that. Um, we'll give you credit for that, though. And also the skills <laughs> element. I can definitely even see that being transferred. Say, for example, into a football coaching world, where you know you pick the different colours and you have to, like you said, react and say different emotions. And that must. Somebody gives the players ownership or gives people ownership, especially the skittles element of it as well. You actually get to eat it. You get to pick it out. Eat it and obviously share as well. Uh, Honestly, love that. And I think just throughout the whole conversation, I mean, you know, obviously, like I said to you before, and uh, people will be aware that obviously I, I will connect with you on Clubhouse. And, you know, I hear you speak daily and the way in which you have an energy about you and the way in which you actually say your messages, but like I said, it's not for any other reasons, except for wanting to give people value and to inspire, educate and you know empower people and i feel as though that throughout this whole conversation that's what you've done and honestly it's been an absolute honor to have you on here but also it's been so so interesting and i don't say that lightly it has been honestly so many golden nuggets so much information and i'm hoping that people take stuff away but yeah honestly dale it's been an absolute pleasure oh cheers bro thanks and and listen, i'm going to take that compliment
1: but i'm going to go back on what i said (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to give you a compliment oh my god they are such a hypocrite because on a serious note dude if it wasn't for you I mean I know you've interviewed a lot of big players and a lot of good coaches you know ex-players current players coaches um, experts in their field and I think you are the the avenue to, to to get that information to people that originally would never receive it so it's like you're an oracle of sorts like a like a stream of just getting people in, like opening people's mind to the matrix, you're Morpheus. And I think that's really cool. So you've got a lot, you've got a lot of responsibility, mate, and you are using it incredibly powerfully. So uh, thank you for your time, mate. And thank you for having me on. It's an honor. And cheers
0: everyone for listening appreciate it and Dale, just before you do go again put up your book for me please and, and tell people where they can access it and, and obviously get some more information from yourself as well because i really want people not only from this um, obviously podcast episode but also afterwards to understand how they can access more of this information
1: yeah cool dude
0: a- awesome so the book is called raw confidence
1: eight warrior to success and happiness they don't teach in school it's a long one um and that's on amazon but the best place you could probably find me is Instagram. So that's Dale Vincent Coaching, the best place you can find me. Or, or Clubhouse, if you're on Clubhouse. So it's just Dale Hancock. In, um, Vincent's my middle name, and I use it to empower me because I got teased at school a lot for that. Despite being my last name Hancock, I mean, I thought that was an obvious one, you know. But anyway, people tease me for, for Vincent. So I use it to empower me. I said Dale Vincent, Han- sorry Dale Vincent Coaching on Instagram and i am genuinely looking for teachers and educators and coaches uh, to to learn what what i know about understanding a child's mindset and getting the best out of them so if you are interested just please send me a message called saying kid kid coach um and um and i'll help you out as much as i possibly can because i think you know it's, it's it's far easier to build a strong kid than it is to fix a broken adult and i think if we can do that now we can um we can empower and change many lives and in, in, incidentally change our world and change planet earth and also have them impacting their younger generation as well. So it's like a, it's like a
0: ripple effect through time. Make sure that you follow and subscribe to the daily coaching podcast so that you never miss out on an episode.